Putting the pieces together with Jigsaw Learning focuses on stories from the field as leaders implement collaborative response. Join us every month as we invite our partners to share how they are meeting the diverse needs of students with the integral understanding that every child deserves a team. Welcome back to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. Curtis, Lorna, and I are joined today by a leadership team from Holy Spirit Catholic School Division in Southern Alberta. So before I introduce all of them, I'm just going to put the question out to each of them. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role and how you support your schools in Holy Spirit. I'll start. I'll beat you to it, Crystal. Uh, my name is Aaron Scredding. I'm the Director of Religious Education for Holy Spirit. Uh, so I oversee all of the things in our schools that have to do with uh, our faith, uh, but also First Nation, Métis, and Inuit education. So uh, my role in our schools is kind of uh, has two components to it, and uh, we're responsible for uh, helping kids develop in all of those areas so that our, uh, our faith education and our First Nations, Métis, and Inuit education is for all students and staff. So that's what I do. Awesome. Great to have you here, Ed. Hi, Crystal Lothian, Director of Support Services here in Holy Spirit Catholic Schools. Uh, my portfolio is a little bit of everything. It includes uh, early learning and all of the programming and supports that come with early learning, as well as English as an additional language. Um, our K-12 supports for inclusive education our family school liaison counselors, and then our um, kind of wellness team that's all a part of that. So our mental health um, team and our intervention support team. So all encompassing a little bit of everything. And I guess um, when we think of how I support students with that portfolio, it, it's kind of a mixed bag of everything you could imagine. Um, and again, you know, within the division, it's not in a silo. It's really, when you think of our division, it's our three portfolios working together. So it's hard to say this is what I do because we really are intertwined um, in the work that we do. But those are kind of the pieces that do fall under under me. Great awesome. to have you, have you join us, Crystal. And that leaves me. My name is Carmen Larson, and I'm proud to serve as the Director of Learning for Holy Spirit Catholic Schools. Uh, under my portfolio, I um, oversee uh, curriculum, professional learning, assessment, and all of the things that go along with that uh, K through 12. So, uh, and like Crystal said, all of our um, departments are very well intertwined with one another. We can't work um, in isolation. And certainly there's a lot of overlap between all of the work that we, all, the three of us all do to um, support the students in our division. Well, that is awesome. And um, Aaron, Crystal, and Carmen, if you don't know, we broadcast this out over YouTube and on an audio as well. So for listeners and for viewers, uh, we're recording this on April, what are we, April 6th at this point. So the fact that we're at this point of the year and we ask, what is it that you do? And you're able to actually be succinct instead of, <laughs> I don't know what I do Pretty anymore. amazing. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> so Dear. how did the Holy Spirit team get together with the the Houston team like that's my curiosity here honestly well, it started uh, a few of uh, 2005 prior to 2015 I think with Michelle McKinnon who yeah. used to be in this role as a director of support services um, and it started with a couple of individual schools that Curtis and Lorna were working with and over time has continued to evolve um in what that looks like and what our partnership looks like. Yeah. And absolutely. I think it was probably in um, the spring of, oh, now my, this is testing, 2020 or 2021, I don't know, where um, the, the directors had uh, discussed how the collaborative response approach could be applied at the division level. We saw its success and it, we saw a, a lot of potential for the application to the district level in that same approach where we view our schools as what they might view students as in the in the school at the school level. And we thought that 
um, perhaps that might be an opportunity there to uh, bring a divisional lens to the collaborative response to Holy Spirit in order to to kind of break down down those silos um, that they didn't necessarily exist um, because we didn't work well together. It, they kind of existed just in the way that people viewed our different portfolios and how they may be in isolation. And we saw the collaborative response as an opportunity to bring some cohesiveness and direction to the whole division. And that was probably in, in, you know in the in the spring. I think it was twenty. 21, I don't know, years run together, but uh, it seemed like it's a, it was around then that we kind of kickstarted it from the division perspective uh, and, and started down that journey. And piggybacking on what Carmen said, I think part of that discussion too started with the reality of coming out of the pandemic mm -hmm. and just kind of, you know, what were we going to do? We knew the reality was that there's, there was gaps that existed socially, emotionally, academically, like you name it. Um, so how did we Want to approach this as a division and that's where we really started digging in to collaborative response from that divisional lens so i'm just going to throw out a question here and go all the way back to the basics if someone came to you um, who had no background or understanding around collaborative response what would you say so uh, when i think of collaborative response i think about the idea that our uh, teaching is supposed to be responsive, right? So what is it that we're going to try to respond to? It might be something that we identify that's a, a social emotional need. It might be something that's an academic need. It might be something that's, um, you know, accessing an external support type of need, right? So we have to identify what's the, what's the reason behind that? Is this a gut feeling or is there something that actually points us towards the direction that this might be something that's required for a student or students in our school? And then as we have that conversation, I need to perhaps check my perception and check my, my gut or my data against some other people. So, you know, Crystal and Carmen, for instance, and, and the three of us sitting here, and then to think about what is the most effective way that I wanna to respond to that um, given that there's probably a few different things that I could try uh, and then to be conscious about evaluating that uh, effort moving forward to see if it had the intended outcome, uh, if the intended outcome was um, was achieved. Okay, we are writing that down to them on the website, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I would also add that it's, it's really rooted in possibility thinking. I think a lot of times it, it directs the conversations into that positive lens. What if, could we... Um, and it steers the conversation to um, topics or students or themes that we don't necessarily go to. I think traditionally when we have those conversations with teachers, with schools within our division, it tended to focus on the kids that we talked about all the time. Mm -hmm. And it shifts the thinking to, it's not the student, but what's the root of this? What's the idea? What common things are we seeing in the same kids that we're talking about or same themes that we're talking about. So it's that possibility thinking and it really, that shift in how we approach it is connected to this collaborative response. I also think that um, it's, you know, when I think about collaborative response, I think it's, it's a structure and it provides common language and like uh, both Crystal and Aaron both mentioned the common expectations. So when we come together as a staff or when we visit with our school teams, that the language that's used, the, the structure of the meetings, all of that is very consistent. And I think that enables those what if conversations as opposed to focusing on on those problematics or, the, or, the, or those areas where we kind of get bogged down sometimes. But I think that it's an effective structure that can be applied to so many different different settings and schools enable to in order to facilitate sort of that moving forward piece. So um, before, because I know Jen's really going to be interested in asking you questions about the divisional collaborative response to support schools, but can you be specific with us to what are the intentional things that you've done from a system level to help support the school's implementation and, and deepening of collaborative response? What have been some really intentional structures and processes for, again, anyone who's listening or viewing as a divisional leader and wondering how do I get this rolling and, and really sustaining within schools? How, how have you done that in Holy Spirit? I think there's a few layers of things that we've uh, tried to do over particularly the last couple of years since we've all been together in this um, in this boat, like, like Carmen was saying, since maybe spring of 2021. 
Um, one of the things that I would like to point out from our divisional standpoint is not just using kind of the consistent language of what, what Carmen was mentioning there, but also a consistent approach in how we're garnering feedback from schools about the questions we have and the priorities that we want to attain. Um, so we've shifted the way that we collect that data from our schools to identify um, common learnings and common areas where we might need to provide some support or we might need to we've uh, you know identified a gap or an issue that we can try to resolve from a from a divisional lens so um, that's been really beneficial to us as we've had conversations with schools to identify that and then to partner schools up or to think about how we can provide a story of practice to the entire group uh, that might help them to advance their thinking uh, regardless of where they are on the continuum in that particular area uh, how to help them take a next best step. So that's one thing I would like to, to make sure. So Aaron, when you talk about those conversations and the questions, how often does that happen within Holy Spirit and who's involved in those? Sure. So we've uh, made a structure where we have, um, our board has four priorities. And so we've broken our year kind of into uh, those four sections, which means that we we go out for each of those sections roughly every eight weeks, eight to 10, six to 10. It kind of depends on where the, you know, the holidays fall and what's yeah. just all right. But um, we would go out and talk to um, all of our schools over the course of, of, probably a week or two, uh, and then we come back and digest uh, all the things that we heard and think about what issues might be identified. Uh, those visits are conducted. Um, there are seven of us on the senior administrative leadership team, and we go out in uh, partners, uh, or sometimes we've had to do it through Zoom, but uh, we do that in partners. Uh, one person asks, one person records. It allows you to have um, time to think about it. Uh, the person asking the questions can can try to probe a little bit without having to think about uh, what they're keeping as notes. Uh, but one of the other benefits that we've found with that is the chance for us to talk with one another after the meetings to see if we heard things the same and to think about what directions we're being uh, pointed in with what we're hearing. So that's really ensuring, again, the, the schools know that people are going to be checking in, we're going to be there to help support. And I think that's going to fuel where we'll go in a, in a few moments about, so at the divisional level, how do you go about responding and supporting? Crystal or Carmen, any other structures that have been put in place to help the schools deepen their collaborative response work? Well, I think uh, initially when we had talked about this, um, starting this, we knew that we, we had schools at varying points. So as Crystal had mentioned, we had schools that were on board with CR from quite early on. And so that we knew that they were further ahead. They knew all about the structures and processes and, and the language and all of that. Uh, and they were well versed in it and practicing it very, very well on a regular basis. And we knew that we had schools that hadn't even scratched the surface. So we had talked about the importance of um, collaborating with, with you guys, Curtis and Lorna, and ensuring that uh, we had time dedicated with our learning leadership team, our LLT group. And we had scheduled those times in, especially year one, we had targeted some times uh, for sort of global support. And even within those meeting times, we had three hours booked with you guys, but you even split off for us and, and led sort of the beginner group. And then you had the yeah. more advanced group. And that was, that was really helpful to ensure that we weren't uh, wasting people's time who already knew this stuff, but also ensuring that uh, those who weren't uh, familiar with with the the structure, the the processes, uh, that they could learn right from the beginning too. So I think that was a big piece of of that support. I also think the time that uh, we had sort of pre-booked with Maryland to work with all of our schools on an on an individual basis, I think that was very helpful to, or it continues to be very helpful for our schools that have taken advantage of that opportunity. So they can get that one-on-one, -on -one, bounce ideas off, get some feedback and and take it back to their their staff and move forward. So I think that's part of of um, the pieces that we intentionally kind of set in place, knowing that we had schools at different places and that we wanted to kind of get everybody to the same 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 level or at least same level of understanding of where we are going with this. And I think the only other piece that I would add into that, I mean, you've heard Aaron talk about the structures and that commitment to it. And Carmen speak to mod, um, kind of having that differentiation. And when you think of what does a great teacher do? They model. And I think that's the kind of final tier of it is, you know, we've not only modeled it as a senior admin team, um, we're living it with our, our school administrators and working through the pro process. It's becoming a living thing for all of us. And there's some shared celebrations 
and some shared stumbling blocks and and we connect in that way too you know they're they're not doing this alone it's not top down we're in it together and by modeling that i think we have a better understanding too of some of the challenges um and then that final piece is you know when we talk about modeling it's not only modeling from our senior admin team but even within our own portfolio so in our own team meetings you know aaron carmen and myself with our own teams are using that same structure and so it extends it's extending beyond just our senior admin team and our schools it's extending you know divisionally so you're seeing it more and more i think that's important so you talk about the modeling and I mean, I have my vision of the parallel structures and processes that are there, but can you sort of describe what that looks like in terms of supporting schools from the division level using those same guidelines? Sure. Well, I'll start and then, and then Crystal and Aaron can fill in everything that I missed. Our, our senior uh, admin team, we call them SALT, senior admin le leadership team. Uh, we meet regularly and uh, like Aaron said, we have the board priorities and we establish um, our questions that we're going to go to ask on, on our school visits. And these have replaced our continuous improvement plan um, processes that we've used previously. So, so this is kind of um, tying in our continuous improvement plans from the division level, but also the school level. So we establish these questions. We go out in the dyads to visit the schools. We come back together. Uh, we we kind of uh, put place schools on a, on a rubric based on you know um, areas that they're really um, experiencing some success and 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 showing some strengths, and then areas that they possibly might need some additional support. So we kind of have a system in in which we um, determine that, and then we do have a collaborative team meeting we schedule that for every six to eight weeks so following those rounds of visits our senior admin team comes together and we run a collaborative team meeting just following this the structures that the collaborative response sets forth for us and we talk about you know we share our celebrations and and all of the excellent things that we've heard about those things that are happening in our schools and then we share those those key issues some of those those uh, items that might be popping up in our schools where uh, we can identify some areas that are uh, some additional support might be necessary and then we go through that key issues uh, brainstorming uh, piece and then we we try to connect some possible supports and identify some resources that might be necessary or some action steps that uh, we need to follow through from on those and then hopefully going forward then we follow through on, on those actions that we identify so from my perspective that's how we're uh, kind of paralleling what what happens in the schools but crystal and Aaron, feel free to fill in whatever i jumped over there well and i think the other piece i'd add too is you know our i think of our last time when we were together as a big group and curtis and lorna where you were leading our division and we were really focused on the continuum of supports and and what goes into that and what does it look like you know, and throughout the process, it wasn't, it, Assault was creating their own continuum of supports and thinking about, well, what does that look like from a divisional lens? So elbow to elbow with our schools, working through the same process, but just from a divisional lens. And so, again, I think it's, you know, we're on that journey with them. And that's important for schools to see um, and to see our team working through that process as well and how it is challenging sometimes to come up with that continuum of supports and to find that just right fit. But yeah. the collaboration that goes in creating that again mm -hmm. is modeling how we work together to create something that supports our schools, our administrators, our teams. The only thing I would add is I think we've also become more conscious of trying to realign work that we're doing um, from from the mindset of clever response to make to try to have a sense of fidelity through um, all the different aspects of what we're doing so we've thought about how can we rework our uh, learning leadership team admin meetings how might that look different if we if we try to apply uh, a CR mindset to that. How do we have our own internal meetings differently? What might be things that we could do that would help us to be more effective? So it's not just um, those six to eight week visits around the priority areas, but what can we be doing differently that would embed the work um, in a in a meaningful way in, in the conversations that we're having too? So it's you know it's things like the continuous supports, it's things like the the meeting structures at different levels, um, it's things like. Um, uh, 
like Carver was saying about establishing um, criteria, like we started with priorities and built criteria from priorities and, and we're going to have to do that again, not because we'll have new board priorities next year, but having done it once, we're going to have a different sense of that. And then even going going forward and through these cycles, we determine things about, okay, how can we ask a better question? What might be a question that gets us to some better uh, data or some better evidence or gets us to the underlying uh, meat that we really need to get to? Uh, and then thinking about how do we build in, how do we make it cyclical? Right. If, if we have four priority visits, how do we make sure that we don't lose track of what we were talking about back in priority number one by the time we get to this time of year? Right. So we've had some pennies have dropped along the way with that um, as far as refining, refining as we go. Yeah, it is definitely about that journey, isn't it? When I think about, you know, as we started our time together this afternoon, you each described your own roles and the areas that you are responsible within the district, but I would I would guess from from what you just shared that it really doesn't play out that way that you truly are coming together as a team and collaboratively responding to the needs of the schools that you're working with. And that has, uh, I would imagine, has impact on deployment, like who's going out to help schools in what, what ways, and, uh, and really impacting uh, the work of schools and individual students. So I'd love to be able to hear uh, some examples of how has it impacted your schools and the students within your schools? From my perspective, I think the structures that we have in place have resulted in conversations at our senior admin table that maybe never occurred to the same depth um, when we think of you know, our collaborative team meetings. Um, there's a greater awareness from our, from our lens of what's happening in all the schools and some of the differences and some of the similarities. And I think one of the things we've been able to do is connect those schools that are, you know, maybe talking about the same thing in our, through our meetings with them. And we're able to say, hey, you know, so-and-so at this school is having that same conversation. It would be great for you guys to connect. And so that's one of the things we've been able to do is provide that 50-foot lens of what do we see that sometimes when you're working in isolation or in your school site, you're not able to see, you're not able to have those conversations. And mm -hmm. I mean, we all know in the busyness of a day, you don't always think to phone someone who might have that same idea that you do, or you don't even know that they're even having those conversations. So the gift of what we've been able to do has been to create those relationships and to kind of initiate that contact. Well, and I think what you're speaking to there is, you know, the formalized collaboration that you sets up really helps to shift and strengthen the informal collaboration that happens in between our, as you mentioned, the scheduled meetings that are every to six, six to eight weeks, but there's a whole layer of informal collaboration that's getting stronger and stronger. And I, and I think to the, like what Crystal said, the importance of uh, like we have four board priorities and those board priorities are applicable to all of us, no matter what our title follows our name or or whatever. And so, you know, everyone might assume that the, the learning priority that I would need to go to all of those uh, school visits because the, that priority falls right on, into my uh, department. But I think the fact that we've gone out in dyads has, has forced our senior admin team to learn a lot more about what is happening in all of our schools in all all of those priority areas and like crystal said it's fostered that collaboration but i think uh, a piece that probably has had a direct impact on the students has been the incorporation of the stories of practice at our learning leadership team meetings when we go out and we hear these stories and and it's people with um, common challenges or pe people that are experiencing success in different priority areas through different strategies that they're trying We've, we we recognize those commonalities and have them share their stories at our uh, LLT meetings. And therefore everybody can hear from their stories, say, oh, you know, that's happening at our school too. And then like Crystal says, you know, when, you, when you're struggling with something or you have a question about something, I'm gonna phone them because I heard them talk about it and they mentioned something that really resonated with me. So I think that the incorporation of the stories of practice on a regular basis has allowed everybody to hear from all of our schools and hear the stories um, that are, that are being shared, not just the senior admin team, which is our previous continuous improvement plan structure it really was only a senior admin team could hear from each of the schools. 
It's a really good point. Um, you know, you, when you think about as a system leader, how do you how do you exert influence in, in a classroom, or how do you get to that level of a student level type of uh, type of impact? It has to be done through the other people, right? Like it, it it has to be diffused through the the organization. So all of the things that we've talked about, I think, are are pointing us towards how the how the impact is had on students. But if I was to identify one thing, I would agree with Carmen. I think it's actually the stories of practice because. Um, school administrators can see in the other school administrators the, the struggle and the benefit and the good strategies and the things that they've tried and they know how to take that back to their own context and I think we've seen that cross-pollination um, over the course of a couple of years as we've gone out and visited uh, with people. So I think you've really been talking about you know our ongoing refinements what we've learned through the process and I mean Crystal you started with a I think it was 2015-16 like that's <laughs> A fair ways away. We know that there's been revisions, adjustments, refinements, but we also talk about the idea that there's never an end line to this. There's never a finish. There's always a next step. So that's a question I'd love to pose out to the three of you of seeing where you're at now. What are you envisioning or thinking are some next steps now within the division to just continue to strengthen and, and build upon your collaborative response efforts? Well, I think there's lots. <laughs> uh, we, we there always is. <laughs> there always is, and and there's always room for growth. And we know that we have a lot of a lot to do. Uh, like Crystal mentioned, we're working on our continuum of supports from our um, from our division lens, and you know how we can support administrators and schools in in various areas. Um, I also think that one one thing that we're strongly looking uh, towards for next year, and Aaron kind of alluded to it, is reimagining what our um, administrator meetings look like, our monthly meetings, and uh, reimagining that structure so it is more reflective of the collaborative response piece. And you know, these these are uh, meetings, meeting structures that have been in place for years, well beyond any of our time on the at the LLT table, and uh, it takes a long time to change. And we kind of realized partway through this year, like. Oh, our meetings should be more reflective of collaborative response if this is what we're expecting to happen at our schools. But the the engine was already running and we couldn't stop it for this year. But it's allowed us some time to really brainstorm and think about what our meetings could look like and what the results of those meetings could actually uh, provide if we are to you know re reimagine the structure of those meetings. So I think that's one thing on our list for sure is uh, kind of blowing up our current LLT uh, process, meeting times and, and structures and what we do and what we've traditionally done forever and look at doing that a lot differently for next year. And I think the other piece too, just by virtue of some of the changes, which is pretty typical, I think in any school division is turnover. There's always turnover. And we have, we are about to, or have, or in the process of having our leadership team change and new people join the table that, you know, have experience and collaborative response to varying degrees as members of a school team, but not necessarily as members of a leadership team. And so when we think of that uh, refinement, reflection, and that feedback loop, and how do we that process, um, how do we have that continuity and continue to evolve as new members jump in at various points? So that's something that I think we, you know, is in the forefront as we think about next year. Yeah, and just to pick up on that, something that I know we've had a couple of conversations about, nothing super formal, but um, well, you know, trying to maintain fidelity to, to implementation, but respecting the different contexts that sites have. One of the benefits of the system that we've you know, kind of worked on in the last couple of years is we get to go to all the schools and see all, all of the things that are happening. Um, administrators get a sense, they get a sample of that when we bring in stories of practice, but they don't have the full, um, you know, rounded off picture that we have from going to in different priority areas to see different schools too. So I think trying to get even past stories of practice to having administrators, seeing administrators at work in other buildings or, um, you know, attending common meetings with one another to kind of see how other people are doing it and what that actually looks like on the ground as compared to, you know, that brief story of practice type model. I think that might be something intriguing for us to try to get to in the future too. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much. And it's, I'm always intrigued when thinking about those next steps 
um, because we often hear from different districts similarities, but it's it's never exactly the same because just like the schools are contextual, our districts are as well. And I'm not surprised to hear the focus on sustainability and as new people come in, how do we ensure that that the overall work and understanding is not lost? So I have two questions. First one is a question for clarification. So you talk about going out to schools in dyads in the four priority areas. Does the same dyad go to the same school for each priority area or do we shift that around? Can you kind of describe that process for our listeners? The process is really, it's it's not anything uh, formal or pretty. It is uh, pretty much who's available at this time to go to this school and that's who goes. And even the morning of, oh, someone's sick, someone's pulled to emergency meeting, people fill in. So, you know, it, we could have a more, we probably could have a more uh, structured approach to that, but it, it might turn out that one person might, uh, visit the same school for a couple of priorities throughout the year, it might turn out that one person may miss a school in the rotations throughout the whole year. So it really is sort of a haphazard approach. It's whoever can can uh, fit in the availability. And we try to even it out, make sure that everybody's uh, visiting the same number of schools. We do try to hit up different schools each time, but just sometimes circumstances prevent that. And and so it's, it's pretty much who's available to go and those two go and uh, or sometimes it's travel as well. We have uh, geographically spread uh, school divisions. So we kind of try to hit all the schools in the east together and, and the ones out and the one out west as well. So it just it, there really is no uh, rhyme or reason to it. It's kind of whoever's open, available, hops in the car and they go. <laughs> but I do see a real power in that it's not this is your school and this is yeah, your school kind of thing. Or yeah. we're in the same partners that go together. Yeah everywhere. I would imagine the getting to different schools deepens understanding, yeah. but also doing it with a different partner yeah. creates some more internal collaboration and absolutely perspective building as well. And we've we've learned that as well, that the conversations that happen pre and post those visits yeah, have been really rich too, just in our own team building uh, and relationship building and, and developing understanding. Uh, the three of us as directors are relatively new to our positions. And so it's it's nice to just, you know, hear different perspectives and obviously uh, the rest of the, the senior admin team join in as well. But it's been a really good experience and and it's it's nice to go as a partner and not on your own because then you can say oh did you hear that what did you think of that or what did you make of of that comment or or what did you think yeah. about you know how how they're approaching this so it's really good to be able to bounce ideas off of off of one another and and just you know kind of interpretation of of what we heard in in the visits has been a valuable part of the process too I liked what you said too about when we go, one person's really intentionally listening and asking questions while the other is taking notes. I know when we talk about even our collaborative team meeting yeah. structures, that trying to have the same person do that means you're probably not listening as intently or, or, or asking some questions with any level of depth and your note recording is probably not as succinct as it could be either. Yeah. When we talk about who's going on those visits, um, it's not just Aaron, Carmen, and myself. We've also had our director of finance, who you wouldn't typically think of as someone joining a school visit for collaborative response. And it's been incredible to see the, the change, not only in the conversation that happens, but the perspective she brings in the conversations that follow that the three of us may not have thought of. And so it's added another layer of depth um, to those conversations. And it's uh, conversely given her, admittedly, a greater insight into kind of those day-to-day -day, um, things that schools are, are dealing with. And it's a greater awareness on her part and maybe a little more understanding um, of some of the challenges that exist. So it's been just a wonderful journey for us as a senior admin team as well. We always talk about the power of uh, being able to bring those multiple perspectives to the table in a collaborative team meeting. Well, the same thing happens here that having uh, different roles, people with different responsibilities coming together and listening to those stories and hearing what's happening in the schools, sure, 
uh, creates that wealth of information and wealth of understanding um, as to how we provide continued support for our schools too. Well, and the conversations with our teams have also changed. I think over the last, you know, and what can you believe it's almost two years? Over the last two years, the conversation has really shifted to its dialogue. We're, I mean, we're sitting down, we're, it's an open conversation. And sometimes there isn't that, you know, filter of, oh, do I want to share this? Do I not want to share this? Uh, it, there's vulnerability. And I think that speaks to the relationships that have developed as a result of the conversations. And Jen, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm dying to know your second question that, well, uh, that you my, have. My second question is my favorite because it's always the one that I go back and I, we ask of all our guests. This question is brought to you by WeCollab. Designed by educators for educators, this comprehensive digital system aligns with the foundational components of collaborative response. Moving from conversation to action, WeCollab empowers classrooms, schools, and systems to provide the very best response for each and every child by informing action-based decision-making with data and evidence supporting student success. So you are where you are now. If you could go back and talk to yourself at the beginning of your collaborative response journey, what advice would you give yourself about collaborative practices and implementing collaborative response? I think of, I think it's Tom, Tom Hanks that I hear that quote of this too shall pass. I think sometimes you get so caught up in the moment of this has to get done now. Um, we have like the time and I, that comes with the time constraints that we put on ourselves unintentionally um, because we're wanting to respond or we're wanting to have things in place. I think taking that approach of this too shall pass, <laughs> you'll find the time to do that. And there's a right time to implement some of the changes that you want um, and balancing, finding that right balance to make it work. It doesn't, there isn't a timeline connected to this. I think that um, I wish I could have told myself a lot earlier. It's okay to go at whatever pace we need to go to support the schools with where they're at. There isn't this map uh, and a destination of we have to be here at this time. Yeah, the word that was in my brain was patience, um, which is pretty similar to what Crystal said. Um, you, you, you have an anticipated end and you have an anticipated way that you can get there but it's okay to let the process unfold because you learn things along the way in allowing the process to unfold that lead you to a better outcome in the long run, right? If we had, if we had uh, been, you know, really driven to get a continuum of supports by the time we hit November of 2021, um, yeah, we'd have a continuum of supports, but we might not have figured out some of the other things that we learned along the way, which probably are better for us and better for the schools and therefore better for the kids in the schools too. So I think just a little bit of patience and taking one step and then taking another step and then taking another step uh, is probably the best way of going about it. And, and really, it's the only way you can go about it anyway. Yeah, I would agree with with both what Crystal and, and Aaron said that it's it's a journey and, and patience is required and where you think you might be by a certain date on the calendar is is not necessarily where you will be, but there's a lot of rich learning that goes along the way. I think when I initially had started on this, I thought, okay, well, we got to block off this time for collaborative response, this, dedicate this time, dedicate this time. And then you realize that it's just collaborative response is the time is all the time right and it's not it's not something you pencil in on your calendar that this is going to happen at this time but it's an approach of which you view all of the work that you're doing uh so i think that's something that i would tell myself too that it's it's not it's not an event but it's it's a process in which it kind of encompasses everything else that that we do Curtis often says that um you know we hear people saying oh, it's just another thing on my plate. And we're just adding more and more to what's happening in schools. And, and Curtis will often say, well, it's, it's not another thing on your plate. It actually is the plate. It, it will be to start because there is some front yeah. loading. There's some heavy yeah. lifting at the start, but in time it's. And that realization about yeah. it, it does encompass everything that you do doesn't come in that first year. Matter of fact, 
not always in the second year either, but it's over time that you start to realize that, oh, I see and I get all of those connections and how everything fits and and just is that, yeah, all those puzzle pieces fitting together. Well, I think as educators, we're, we're fixers. We want to fix things. And so I, you know, with that, this too shall pass, I, I want to add a caveat of trust in the process yeah. because we want to get in there. We want to fix it instead of letting things play out sometimes and in allowing it to play out, there's such growth and things, you know, things that we can't possibly imagine that allow something to develop in a better way than we could have even prescribed. And so I think trusting in that process because it's it's going to be hard and not only hard not to step in and try to fix it as we we think of fixing so that's that's the other piece of it is trust in that process Curtis I thank you very much for bringing the Holy Spirit team together I know you've talked about them with Lorna and shared how amazing the work that they're doing is but the clarity that they just provided for me right now I've heard you for years talk about that notion of go slow to go fast I have a real understanding now of why that is so important just the way that they described that notion of balance and patience and journey so basically what you're saying Jen is I never really understood it when you said it but when somebody else did it's it's way more clear it's way more sense (laughs) I get it I I see what you're saying I I have always said but even as a math teacher if you're not getting it from me go have somebody else explain it because sometimes they're just going to say that thing that makes it click right (laughs) three of us though so yeah the power the power of three that's right (laughs) well i just need to say i know jen's going to finish us up here but we've been just incredibly honored to be able to work alongside you through this work to be able to share it out with um other audiences and we just love love your generosity but the the uh commitment that you have for your schools your staff teams and most importantly your students and school communities so We're just incredibly honored to have the chance to walk alongside you. And our opportunity to learn from you as well. And uh, just being able to do that work with you. And uh, yeah, it has been a wonderful journey. So we just thank you for that. And I will say thank you to all of you for keeping Curtis and Lorna smiling, Um, (laughs) (laughs) as well as dedicating this time to showcase your work with our audience when I know that we are this close to spring break. (laughs) So thank you all for being here. It is greatly appreciated. And I do hope you get a chance to listen to the stories that you have shared and those that others have shared along with our podcast as well. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. We'll chat again soon, Erin, Crystal, and Carmen. Take care. Ensuring success for all students is a moral imperative for all schools, but it takes a highly coordinated framework of structures and processes to maximize the collective capacity of the team. In Collaborative Response, three foundational components that transform how we respond to the needs of learners, we share an organizational mindset that involves fundamental shifts for schools and districts. Numerous school and district examples, as well as access to a large number of resources are provided within the text and in the accompanying companion website. Join the growing number of schools using collaborative response to ensure high levels of success for students and staff, stemming from the essential belief that every child deserves a team. All right, so Jen, um, were we lying about the incredible power of that team we just heard and the work that they're supporting, uh, leading and, and deepening within Holy Spirit Catholic School Division? Not in the least. To to see the, the idea, like we've we had talked about for years, Curtis, even when I was working at a district level of what if, right? Imagine mm-hmm. if district leadership teams came together and talked about schools in this way. Imagine if, and to see it come to fruition and the the passion that they have for 
I mean, it's, it's the words they use, right? Mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an event. Um, collaborative many- response is all the time. Yeah. Right? The, the understanding that they can articulate because they're living the process, like they said, elbow to elbow with their schools is fantastic. Yeah. And you know what they are, when we talk about modeling, they are the, the ultimate example of, of a team who models for their schools. And they, they seriously have taken every aspect of collaborative response, moved it into their leadership teams at that senior Mm -hmm. district level. And they are modeling and living collaborative response at that level And it also allows them to have more powerful conversations with their schools because they can say, yeah, we know how that is. We understand that that because we struggle with it too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we get the advantage of having these conversations with many different school leaders, district leaders. And how many times have we now started to hear when you ask that question, what would you tell your past self that you know now? I I think the three words of trust the process has come up over, multiple over and times, over again. which uh, I think is something that we we can say, but it's it's um, hard for people to understand that the process really really does matter for for the work and the the impact that you hope to have. Well, you can't and, skip the process and that or I fast yeah, forward it. Uh, yeah, that's and that's what I was just going to say is around that that time frame that it's not a matter of, you know, you will have this done yeah, in a year checklist, or we'll have this done, done in this. three years. But but really it is understanding that it is how we do the work that we do. Not an event. Yeah, not an event at all. Yeah. Again, like I said, I've heard you talk about that go slow to go fast as part of the trust the process. But to... Ha- I mean, I have my own experience, but to hear someone else articulate their experience around the why, right? It can't be on a timeline because you need to let things unfold and that the quality of what you're going to get in that is going to be greater than if you had set these artificial deadlines that -hmm. these things had to be done, that the growth is in the conversations and the relationships and the connections that are being made. Well, and you know, the one other thing that I really love about the engagement and learning that we've done through um, Holy Spirit School Division or Catholic School Division is using the process to truly bring their bar- their priorities alive mm-hmm. within the district, that we have a systematic way that keeps, uh, you heard Aaron talk about the cycle. We keep cycling around our priorities, but it's the priorities that we are hoping to see impact that really we're utilizing collaborative response to see success in these particular priority areas. We we often share that with schools, but it's hard to envision the idea of this is bigger than just a set of meetings. It's, it's the mindset that you establish over time that helps you ensure success for your priorities, whether it's priorities at a school level or at that divisional level well and and it is that uh, a living process that allows them to see a realistic picture of what's happening in schools because i mean from having come from a perspective of of a district personnel and and trying to get a sense of what's happening in schools by having them, you know, share a presentation. I mean, there's so many different ways that we've mm-hmm. had that, you know, peek into what's happening in schools. They fill out reports or they give presentations, but this process allows them to truly understand what is happening for each of their schools. And wow, how empowering, but also that alongside of that it's not just checking in to see how things are going but it's also that layer of support now so now we understand where you're at now how can we provide support to take well, you to the next crystal step? referred to it as a yeah. dialogue yeah schools aren't reporting out but it's a yeah, dialogue it's that this is this is we all are working together to see success in our priorities yeah absolutely so jen I think we've reached the point in our program that we always turn to you to say, summarize, what do we take away <laughs> How from do you this? Summarize that. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so I wrote, I wrote down three things this time. Excellent. One is the importance of modeling and living collaborative response at that district level, because it builds an integrity in the conversations that you're having with the schools that you're serving, as well as that understanding and empathy that we we're, we're there with you. We understand the struggle because we're struggling too. And maybe we can learn together. Yeah, Second thing I wrote down, uh, again, we say it all the time, but that notion of trust the process, right? It, it cannot be said enough, but when we hear that coming from multiple leaders at the school level and at the district level, I know that you guys say it because that has been your experience, but to hear it reinforced again and again and again, and the reasons behind the why. Yeah, that's right? really powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then the third thing I wrote down was that collaborative response, the mindset is a systemic way to address priorities in a district. Mm -hmm. And so when you hear the conversations that they were having about, we're having the same structures of meetings that the schools are having about students at the district level with this leadership team at the superintendency kind of level. And then in each of our departments, we're having those same structures and processes. And then mm -hmm. the processes that they're using to gather the data and evidence from the schools. And then talking about developing the continuum supports from the district level and supporting schools. It all aligns with what they talk about as continuous improvement plans, which I was like, oh, that's the best way I've heard those described. <laughs> because it's not a one-year plan or a three-year plan or a five-year plan, education is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And so collaborative response provides that mindset to continuously improve in addressing those priorities. Absolutely. Well, Jen, it's been a pleasure to connect, to engage with another set of partners today. And as always, great to be able to uh, engage in this conversation. For anyone that's watching on YouTube, go press that icon that you see in the bottom right to subscribe to hear further stories, insights, and thoughts from from number of leaders around collaborative response. If you're listening on the podcast, please go down, subscribe, leave a review. Love to hear your thoughts on this episode and others as we continue to put the pieces together. Thanks so much for joining us. For more on collaborative response, visit jigsawlearning.ca or join the JL Insider to receive access to newly added resources and content. Make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to the podcast and the Jigsaw Learning YouTube channel to access past and upcoming episodes. Join us again for more conversations about establishing, refining, and deepening collaborative response.